interrupting. Uh, and then Adam will be our preacher. Tonight's reading is taken from the book of Matthew, chapter 5, starting at verse 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Good evening, everyone. I realize you've just stood up, but can I get you to stand again, uh, just, uh, uh, just to make sure that you're not getting numb? And turn around. Katie said you could um, get, read the notice sheet during the talk if you want to. I'd rather you read a Bible. Uh, so if you'd like a Bible while you stood up and we just turn around for a moment and just have a bit of a shake while I do something, uh, go and grab a Bible. If you don't want one, don't grab a Bible. But just say hello to somebody near you and I'll be back with you in a second. Okay, great, you can have another sit down. Promise it's the last time I'll make you stand up. And don't worry, that's not an indication that I'm going to talk for an hour, uh, just an hour and a half. So that's all good. Let me pray for us. Gracious Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth of it. And Lord, we thank you that you are the light of the world. And Lord, as we come to look at this passage together this evening, I pray that you would shine your light ever brightly, that we would know your presence in our lives, that we would know your kingdom come in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, um, provided you were listening uh, to Rich a moment ago, uh, you will have spotted that we're in Matthew's gospel this evening uh, and not in Ephesians. We haven't quite finished Ephesians yet. There's another couple of weeks of that. Uh, but we're just taking a break uh, this week to think about what it is to be salt and light, particularly uh, this week as the rest of the world uh, thinks about darkness a little. Um, I'm particularly going to think about this in terms of two, uh, the fact that we live in two realms. Now, if you were here at, at uh, Living Free on Wednesday, some of the things that I'm going to say this evening uh, will not be a surprise to you, uh, but that's okay. Uh, listen anyway. Uh, the Bible is very clear that we live in two realms at the same time. There's the physical realm that we all see, touch, smell, uh, feel, and the spiritual realms, we see that described throughout the New Testament, throughout the Old Testament as well, um, particularly uh, verse uh, 6 of chapter 2 of Ephesians, God seated us with him in the heavenly realm, sometimes called the spiritual realm, sometimes called the heavenlies. Uh, the physical realms, let's imagine that's this sponge for a moment, a bit bigger than this sponge, but never mind, is created within the spiritual realms, which is the water. There is no part of the physical realm that isn't in the spiritual realms. 
In the spiritual realms is where God is, it's where the angels are. We read through scripture, we think there are three particular types of angels. There are worshipping angels, Uh, they join us as we worship. There are messenger angels, think of uh, the archangel uh, Gabriel at um, Christmas, or nine months before Christmas, technically. Um, Or there's um, the warrior angels, if you've ever been to Coventry Cathedral, uh, you'll see that uh, uh, Archangel Michael is on the side of Coventry Cathedral, a warrior angel. Now we read in Revelation that tragically one of the worshipping angels, Lucifer, um, or Satan, wanted to be worshipped. And it says here in Revelation, I put it on the screen, that there was war in heaven and he was cast down to earth where he continues uh, to operate. Now ultimately we all belong to either the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of light within the spiritual realms. Uh, That's why when we have a baptism, we give those who are baptized a candle. It signifies that they have moved from being in darkness to being in light. But light as a physical thing has a lot of different purposes. Now, we did this at the All Age earlier, and I'm not going to use a microphone. You can just shout, actually. Um, I've got some pictures. Uh, Let's have the first one, if we could. Um, Are various different types of light. Now, I thought they were all really easy with the exception of this one. And at the All Age, they really struggled with all of them apart from one. Uh, So we'll see whether you manage to do any better. Um, This one you might struggle with. It is a type of light Anybody want to shout out and see whether they think they know what this is? If you weren't, if you're at the old age, you are excluded from this game. Sorry. Uh, any ideas? A lamp, sort of. Oh, a headlamp. It's not a headlamp. No. It's not a lighthouse. No. I think this one's too hard, so I'm going to move on quickly. These are um, spotlights. Look a bit like that. I couldn't get a decent picture of a close-up of a spotlight. That's fine. Uh, the next one. Any ideas what this is? Parts of something to do with light. Lamp post, sparklers, no, sorry? It is exactly a light bulb, just a normal light bulb in a room. So the first purpose of light, the ultimate, the main purpose of light is to bring light to a dark place. And God's light is the same. John's gospel says that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, as I'm talking, the lights are going to go off in the building, hopefully. It takes slightly longer, so I'm going to have to pad for a moment, but that's all good. There we are. The lights are off, with the exception of the fire lights and the person that's just put a torch on. Thanks for that. (laughs) Now, if uh, I were to say, we don't like the darkness in this building, we want to get rid of the darkness, it would be ridiculous of me to say, should we all just start shooing away the darkness? We don't go, darkness, go away, darkness, go away. We simply, thank you, Katie, turn on the lights. Ah. It's the same with, not quite that one, though. I think that's a bit bright. There we are, close enough. <laughs> it's a bit easier. Um, it's the same with God as well. When we have to see darkness around us, it is light that we need to bring to the situation. Jesus says in the Gospels, uh, you, they will know the truth and the truth will set you free. It is truth, it is light that we bring to dark situations. There's lots of other purposes of lights. Let's see if we can get this one. I'm hoping you can get this one. This is easy, surely. It is a cat's eye, thank you. What about Gareth? Oh, he's excluded from the next one because I reckon he will know this until someone else. Or maybe he doesn't. 
I thought Gareth would know. Any ideas what this one is? It is an aircraft landing light, correct. All right, there we are, well done. And these lights, these different types of lights, guide people. They guide you in a way that you should go. Psalm 119 says that your word is a lamp to my feet, a light on my path. Scripture and God is our guide as well. Light can be our guide. For the last year or so, we've spent uh, looking at what it is to be like Jesus. We can use Jesus as the guide for our lives. We're called in Philippians to have the same mindset as Christ. And Jesus says in John's gospel, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. We are to use Jesus as the guide for our lives in order to bring light. Paths can be difficult to follow at times, but Jesus' life is here for us to do that with. Uh, you may be surprised, given my physique, um, but I, before uh, we had the baby, Jess and I used to go um, mountain climbing occasionally. And we went up uh, Cadaridris, uh, which is in uh, the middle of Wales. Uh, I believe it's a mountain. I don't think it's a, a large hill. Anyway, it's, it's a very large hill if it is. I'm getting some nods to say it's a mountain, so it's all good. Um, and it was a beautiful, gorgeous, sunny day in the middle of August. And uh, we went to the top of Cadaridris, fantastic views. And as often happens in Wales, clouds descended and the rain set in. And all that we could see was pretty much the end of our nose. Now, fortunately, uh, the path up Cadaridris is, in fact, a path. It's been put in with stones. It's been well trodden. And so we could walk back down the hill in relative safety, provided we followed the path. Following paths, following Jesus, is a way in which we can bring light into the world. Lights have other purpose as well. Let's have a look at these pictures. See if you've got these ones. It's easy. Break. It is a, well, sort of. Bike light. It is a bike light, correct? Next one. Sorry? No, I didn't quite that. Sorry. How, it is, it's um, it's, sorry. it's uh, roadwork lights. Now, these lights warn people of something in one way or another. And lights can be used to warn us in the same way that uh, the light of Christ can be used to warn us of difficult things ahead. 1 Corinthians 16 says, Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous and be strong. Uh, other things, other lights that warn us are lighthouses. Uh, we sing a song here. It's a um, Ren Collective song. I'm sure some of you will love it. If you do, bless you. Um, I don't like it so much for one reason and for one reason alone. And that is the line, my lighthouse, my lighthouse, shining in the darkness, I will follow you. Uh, we don't follow lighthouses generally. We avoid them. However, my lighthouse, my lighthouse, shining in the darkness, I will avoid you, uh, doesn't really fit the theme that the Rain Collective were going for. Now, but lighthouses do warn us of danger. And so I don't have an objection to Christ or the light of Christ being referred to as a lighthouse. It's a good metaphor, provided you don't try and follow it. Um, the light of Christ can warn us when we're getting near to dangerous things. 
But this passage doesn't say that we've just had read that Christ is the light of the world. He does say that elsewhere in John's gospel. He says that he is the light of the world. But this passage in Matthew's gospel says that you are the light of the world. Or it says that I am the light of the world. What does that mean then? Well, St. Paul in his letters writes over 150 times that Christ lives in us in one way or another. One of my favorites uh, is this one from 1 Corinthians 3.16. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? Christ lives in us when we become a Christian. We carry his light. This means that we need to be the ones that shine darkness, uh, sorry, shine light into darker places. We need to be the ones that guide people away from darkness. We need to be the ones that warn the world of darkness around them. And if we don't do this, as it says in our passage, it's like putting our light under a bowl, or to use the other analogy with salt, to lose our saltiness. Now, I'm not a particularly big fan of salt, personally, but salt, at its core, is used to enhance flavors. If we don't follow our calling, we'll lose that saltiness. We'll, put, we'll basically put our lights under a bowl. Um, I tell people, I've told this story here once uh, about a year ago, um, but the friend of mine who's a vicar had a chap come to do living free with him who had been um, fairly high up in uh, a pagan faith. And he'd been a pagan pagan religion. And he'd been taught in that uh, religion to view things in the spiritual realms around him. And he said that whenever he saw a Christian, he knew they were a Christian because they literally carried a light around inside them in the spiritual realms. But he said that the majority of Christians, about 98% of the Christians he met, walked around in the spiritual realms, huddled over the light, hiding it from the world. He said just once in a while he'd come across a Christian who stood proud, whose light shone into the world around them, and they were the ones that he would walk on the other side of the street from. I wonder if that is a picture for our national church. I wonder if we've lost our voice a little. There's a prayer which is prayed over me, uh, which was prayed over me when I was ordained. Um, It's an ancient prayer. and it's, it talks about what priests are called to. But actually, this part of the prayer, as with much of it, I actually think is a calling for all of us. It says this, that we are to search for his children in the wilderness of the world's temptations and to guide them through its confusions that they may be saved through Christ forever. Now, we don't need to be too concerned uh, about darkness, but we don't want to ignore it either. C.S. Lewis famously said uh, that when people become of the realities of the spiritual realms, particularly of uh, the darkness within it, they make one of two mistakes. They either overestimate it or they underestimate it. If we overestimate it, we get very excited uh, by it and get involved in all sorts of things like the occult and other things which are very dangerous. If we underestimate it, and I think the church has been far more guilty of this, um, we believe that the devil is at best ineffective and at worst non-existent. 
We shouldn't underestimate the power that there is in the spiritual realms and the impact that that power can have on our natural world. The spiritual realms, the sponge is very much in the water. The natural realms are very much in the spiritual realms. Just to exemplify this, I want to tell you a little bit more of my uh, testimony, which I've told at Living Free, but I don't think I've told um, here. Uh, When I was uh, 14, I was uh, diagnosed with uh, depression. I went to see the doctor, uh, as, uh, as, as I would advise anyone to, and he put me on some medication. Um, but I was also a Christian at that time, and so I spent uh, the next six or so years going to every Christian conference I could find, searching out, searching out every healing minister that I could find, and asking them to pray for me that I would be healed. Um, and I saw nothing of that healing. If you've had depression or you know someone that's had depression, you'll know that even on medication, you go through highs and low periods in life. And I was going through a particularly low time, and I went to visit some friends who don't actually live all that far from here. Uh, um, anyway, they don't live very far from here, but it doesn't matter. Um, they are lovely people. They're not what they would, they wouldn't call themselves the most charismatic uh, in a theology perspective of people. They go to a very high Anglican uh, church, and they asked how I was doing, and so I told them. And just before I left, They said, "Um, would you mind if we prayed for you? And I said, yes, of course. And uh, the chap prayed, Holy Spirit, would you come? And in that moment, I felt what felt like a massive bag of rocks being taken from my back. Now, that's the first part of uh, what I want to tell you about. I'm going to pause there for a moment to say that I've told you that purely for context. What I had was a condition that required me to go to the doctor and get help. We always say that here. If you're unwell, uh, it's all part of God's healing. Go to the doctor, go to the well, and someone will pray for you. It's all part of God's healing. God, in that moment, healed me of that condition that I was being treated for uh, by a doctor. However, um, from that moment, which is about 13, 14 years ago now, up until now, save one experience, which I'll come to in a moment, I haven't felt any depression at all. I was healed in that moment from that condition. I say, save one experience, because about five or six years ago, I was preaching in a church in Nailsey, uh, and I was preaching on a completely different subject, but I shared that testimony, because it was helpful, um, to the talk. And uh, it was all fine. And what was interesting was that as I left the church and walked over the threshold of the building, the bags hit me again. Now, in that instance, that wasn't ill health. The instance before, it absolutely was. That instance, because I know this stuff, I knew that that was spiritual attack. That was the spiritual realms impacting on the physical realms. I knew that, I was able to pray for it, and again, it went away. The spiritual realms do have an impact on the natural realms, and we can't simply forget that fact. If we do forget it, um, the more we go into the world, the more we will uh, fail to see this in around us. Our focus perhaps becomes more on the action that we do. The action that we do is really important and less on the prayer. It has to be both and. We need to pray for God's spirit to be at work in the world around us. We need to know who we are and we need to know what it is that we are called to. 
Now, one last thing that we use light for. Um, I wonder if we could have that last picture, I think. There we are. Any idea what this is? It's a little easier. It's a candle, exactly. I was going to use a candle earlier instead of getting the lights to turn back on, but can you believe this church has no candles in it at all? Uh, so there we are. Never mind. Katie, who uh, um, was, was raised as a Catholic, was terrified by that fact, but it's all okay. Um, we often use candles when we celebrate. These are birthday candles, and we often use candles uh, when we celebrate. And this brings me to the final point, which is that we should celebrate that we carry the light of Christ. This is uh, from Luke's Gospel. I think it's on the screen. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Jesus replied, I saw Satan fall like, like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. We have authority over the evil one. Jesus says that here in this gospel. And if you're ever concerned by the powers of the darkness around us, don't be. John, 1 John 4, verse 4 says, He that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. Just a visual aid for this. I'm sure most of you will have seen The Lion King. If you haven't seen The Lion King, I advise you to go home from this church evening, this evening and watch it immediately because it's glorious. Um, it's not just for children, um, I promise you. But let's just watch one of my favorite clips. from the film as I say go and watch it if you haven't seen it why am I showing you that um, because um, Simba you see in the first instance roars and it's pretty puny uh, in comparison to what happens when his father comes alongside him and roars with him he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world we have no reason to fear we have every reason to celebrate so we need to rejoice of the fact, of the truth of who we are. And the best way to dispel darkness, as we said at the very beginning, is to bring in that light. What does that mean for us this week then? Well, as others celebrate darkness, we can celebrate that light. That's why we have light party and the light party after party. It's why we are praying for our town together that God's light would shine in it. Am I saying not to have anything to do uh, with Halloween? Now, preachers have a problem here because if I said absolutely never have anything to do with Halloween, never again, half of you will come and complain to me and tell me it's all a load of fun. And if I don't say that, the other half will complain to me and tell me it's a load of worrying, we need to worry about it. 
I say, I don't think I am, but be very careful. I know lots of people who think it's a lot of fun, but it's also we need to be cautious, neither to underestimate nor to overestimate the power that it gives. Really disturbingly, yesterday I read in the paper of some children in America who were planning a satanic ritual. They're 11 and 12 because of the films that they had seen that have these themes based on it. Killing their classmates, they planned to. They were caught, fortunately, before doing so. We need to be so cautious not to overestimate nor to underestimate. We do far better when we celebrate the light that we carry taking our responsibility seriously as carriers of that light, not being afraid to bring light into situations, to use light as a guide and to warn and to celebrate it. Will you stand uh, with me as the band return? you're visiting with us, I'm just going to pray in a moment um, for us, and then we'll have a moment or two of quiet. Um, and then as the band play, you might want someone to pray with you. There'll be people here that will be very happy to do that. But let me pray. Gracious Lord, we thank you that you are the light of the world, but that you shine that light through us. Lord, would you remind us afresh that we are carriers of your light, carriers of your kingdom into this world. Would you remind us afresh that we have nothing to fear. For you who is greater, live within us. Just have a moment for our, of quiet, continue this moment of quiet.